Oh my gosh! Welcome back to just another football podcast. So Man City Brentford is happening as we speak. It's literally the fifth minute of the game. So if I turn my head like this, don't don't be upset. You know, I'm I'm listening to you, Fergal. We're finally back together. Obviously, the uh, now yeah. infamous within uh, within the just another football podcast kind of co-host group. Uh, I I uh, I made the error right and start and stream the thing on Twitch and then it didn't didn't go out. So we are finally I know, back. And, 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 and uh, what was so annoying Ali is I got I made a prediction for every single Premier League fixture correctly. I got them all spot on and it was all just lost. Uh, and we'll never get to hear it again. I I implore the listeners to believe it to believe the fact that made all these correct predictions. I I, uh, I called Klopp getting. I called Klopp leaving. I I said on yeah, that yeah, podcast, yeah, totally. my inside source are saying, yeah, and it was just never going to get to hear that. Yeah, it was it was you breaking know? news. We actually had the the, the first like word yeah. on it. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he left, and it became mainstream news. And we'll, we'll we will get into that, of course, today. Obviously, I made two videos about Jurgen Klopp so far. One with. Lewis from Good Sports Reviews. Uh, we kind of reminisce about Klopp and, and just... Uh, it was like a therapy session, really. Uh, and then the other one is way more practical in terms of how Chami Alonso is the best fit, in my opinion, for the job. But we will get into that. But Fergal, you've been away from the podcast technically for a couple months now. Nearly three. Yeah. And in all of that time... Nothing has changed at Chelsea, apart from the fact no. that it has turned into an even worse run of games up until this point than last season. You lost uh, this weekend to Wolves 4-2. Abysmal, mm-hmm. right? Talk, talk it was 4-1 more. as well. Four, oh, was it 4-1? I got it. No, no, it, it, it was what I mean by that. It was, right, it was yeah. 4 1 at one point in the game, and we got a consolation goal. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like it was 2 2, and then, and then they pulled away. They they were 4 1 up against us, and then we got a, a pointless consolation. Horrific. What? So, okay. About four months ago, so I did a video. When I was back on the podcast. <laughs> you, you, when you were back on the podcast. I did a video. And in it, I kind of talked about the fact that Chelsea might not be totally, totally as bad as we think they are, and they create chances. But they're, like Nicholas Jackson was horrendous at goal scoring, his like scoring his chances that he has yeah. to score. And I kind of painted a slightly positive picture, obviously discussing why their mid. It's it was mainly their midfield structure that was holding them back a lot. Has. Anything changed at that time to now where there is a specific weak point that's totally ruining your results? Or is it, like, why are you so bad? Why are Chelsea so bad? I can't seem to find a definitive answer, Fergal. And nobody else is talking about it because it's become so mainstream. I think it's just so... 
Yeah, it's hard. Like, see, whenever I'm watching the games, it, it's very easy to zone out. You just, like, when it goes bad. What I would... In-game, where's our weak point? Um, off the top of my head, I think defensive transitions were probably a bit quite poor in. Um, okay. We see, we seem to be getting done. Like, I suppose that's, like, what a lot of goals come from now, but we just seem to be quite, quite poor in that way. Um, and but the main thing for me, I think, is that th- there's a lack of cohesion, which is maybe a bit um, stereotypical to say about Chelsea the past two years, but it, it's still true. Yeah. Um, and um, lack of experience. Yeah. And what I mean by lack of experience is. There, you know, if if we go one 0 up and um, we get into our flow, we look we look okay. We actually look like we might do well, um, and see the game out, whatever. But as soon as a moment of adversity props up, the the team don't have the bottle, the um, you know, the character to to uh get back into it and it, the game only really goes one way. Yeah. Like, I feel like if we had of we went one and up against Wolves, great pass by Casado into um Palmer. Yep. And um, you know, good goal. Um and then Wolves uh score very soon after. I feel like if if we maybe had a road out those ten minutes, I feel like the players get confident. They maybe get their foot in the ball a bit, and then you know they build onto a, a good performance from there. But because the goal came so quickly, I think heads go, uh, and 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 then Wolves. It, it's not all because Chelsea were bad. Wolves were very good, and then Wolves Wolves end up. Uh, you know, Pedro Neto plays very well. Cunha hat trick. Um, Cunha absolutely rinsed Malagusta that game. Yeah, he had him on. Malagusta's been one, one of the better players as well, and um, uh, he's he's had moments where he looks good. More going forward, and that was always going. That's what all the Leon sort of um, fans were saying on Twitter that I read whenever he moved to Chelsea. That yeah. it was that he's 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 much better going forward than he is defensively. Um, the other thing is, is that we're missing this experience. We're missing like a spine to the team. Yeah. Um. And. But then the only bit of experience that we have is Thiago Silva. Um, and well, I suppose you can look at Chilwell there at the weekend, but you know, Raheem proper leadership. Raheem Sterling, yeah, he ha- he had an okay game. He, he was. He progressed the ball quite well in, in the pockets that he picked it up from. Um, but the, the point about Thiago Silva is that I think I don't think he's good enough at, at, at the moment either. But you, you could, I, I also wouldn't want to drop him because you're you're missing you're, you're missing that leader, um, especially in defence. And he, I feel like he could have done better for. For two or three of the goals uh, against Liverpool, uh, 
Diego Jota's first goal was just horrendous. Like yeah. I, on a goal, wider point, one, I think defending for all four goals was pretty terrible. But yeah, yeah, you are right. But that one especially, I thought was was just horrible. And um, you know, Badashile was there as well. But you'd expect your your captain to sort of take control of those defensive moments and and put his foot on the ball and just tackled Diego Jada in, in that moment they they were both very square got a bit of luck with the bounce but you know they basically neither of them tackled them and they just ran through the middle of them um, and so yeah it's 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 just it's all of that and you feel harsh pointing out Thiago Silva um, and then, and then the leadership. Yeah, you've got Chilwell, you've got Reese James to a certain extent. Well, he's the captain, so he has to be looked upon as a leader with experience. Then Champions League winner. So you've them, you've them too, but the two fullbacks, but they're they're they're, they're injury prone. Uh, Thiago Silva, as I've said, and Sterling, who is is quite quite inconsistent and um, and then you look at the other players that are now because of the way that the squad's been built that you're looking for them to be the leaders it is in Kunku because of his age and the profile and you know the hype that he's come into you're looking for him but he's first season in the Premier League um, I don't even know if he's, how good English he speaks. Um, and as I said, and not, <laughs> not I didn't speak very good English myself there. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> you've got you've got him. You've got you've got Conor Gallagher, um, um, who Conor Gallagher just experienced the Premier League um, of like three seasons. Yeah, and then people like Cole Palmer the, are the players that are stepping up, which is great. You know, it's good that Cole Palmer, he's like the shining light in all this, is that he's actually having a good season. Um, but it's not getting us results. Um, and now there's talk of Potch being uh, for the chop. Um, well, he's talk about Mauricio Pochettino getting the sack which is completely unsurprising but are Chelsea going to be able to afford it because Mauricio Pochettino has quite a large backroom staff if he goes everybody goes and it will cost the club 10 million pounds or something and that puts FFP into question you know potential points deductions and and sanctions and the rest of it which makes Chelsea trapped with Mauricio Pochettino Fergo Chelsea are just they're stuck with him. Yeah, I, I, I don't I can't, I find it as I find it hard to blame Graham Potter I find it hard to blame um, Pochettino for Honestly, this. spot on. Um, like it's it's all down, like I've been banging the same drum for ages like um, um, you know I I I think I I I say the majority of Chelsea fans 
feel like they could have built a better squad than this with the money that was given. Um, or anybody that plays football manager for, you know. To, I, I, I just honestly feel like people just would have planned this better. Um, players like Mudrick, I was really hoping that I was going to see something that wasn't there before the season. It was just coming in January. You know, Mudrick's offered player. Did you see him offering a fan out to do one v one match? Yeah, ten thousand pound bet. That honestly so like, looks so bad. No, not only is he not playing well, but then his his head is clearly gone as well. Yeah, like he he he's he's clearly reading everything that's on social media. If 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 he's responding stuff like that, which is the last thing that he needs to be doing. I I can't. In, in fairness to like footballers nowadays, like. I'm I'm a bit older than them, than a lot of them. I'm 26. Even I've grown up in social media, so I don't know how anybody that grows up in social media then wants to become a professional footballer or wants to break through. Go, I'm not going to be on social media anymore. It's a very tough thing to do. Yeah. But he he needs he shouldn't be he shouldn't be on there looking at it. Um, it's not going to do him any any favors. And responding like that isn't going to do it. And um, as I'm about to say, or what I'm going to lead on to is like the money that we paid for him for a 22 year old. He's not like, he's not super, super young. He's like, uh, and then and then we've got Hudson Adoy scoring a goal at the weekend. Now, I know Hudson Adoy hasn't been totally in the Nottingham Forest side, like he's coming in and out of it. So he's not like an absolute world beater for them. Yeah. But he's definitely better than Mudra. Um, right. And Datro Fafana scored twice as well at the weekend, and we actually own him. We we recalled him and sent him out alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he and sent Bro- Armando Broja to to follow him as well. So the few goals they had are. Yeah, it, in fairness, I kind of get the Broja one because he come off an injury. He wasn't really going to get a run of games for Chelsea, and um, he needs a good run of games hopefully he'll get like you know the the, the last half of the season now mm-hmm. to to um get back his to build up his profile again because he, he looked great at Southampton really really good man he's so unlucky with that injury because he would have got a lot of games with us last season when he was in better form and sort of a, a better yeah he, he was unlucky with that and um, but yeah, now, now, now we look at this Chelsea squad and the most stupid thing is the only way I see us getting out of this is by buying more players. I don't actually see you're not, you're not how... Good. I don't actually see how um, we can resolve... We need... Basically, my thinking is the atmosphere is so bad at the club and we've got... Um, You've got such a young squad that we need an injection from outside of the club of quality of uh, standards for, from outside of the club to be, to raise it. So I think we need to go and buy like a, a spine of a of a team, um, like go and buy a top striker, go and buy um. 
uh, uh, like an experience with failure. Um, and, you know, and maybe another experience. Oh, my God, back. Fergal. Neil Mopai oh, has God, scored for, for Brentford against Manchester City. It's 1 0. Good. Oh, my. Neil Mopai as well. This guy rarely ever scores, and then he has uh, two two weekends now in a row, in, two two weeks in a row now against Tottenham yeah. and uh, Man City. Whose oh celebration do we still this time? Uh, is I think it was just the normal knee side. I think good. it was a good one as well. Let's see. Well, it was it was a goal kick launched up in the air. You know how uh, Brentford are said. Oh, went right the way through to Neil Mopai, and then he just he just put it. He just one on one with Edison, slotted at home. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great news. That's great news. Because here's a here's a random stat from that game. Erling Haaland has scored against every single Premier League team apart from Brentford. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. This is it. Always had the potential of uh, being a banana skin of sorts. We'll obviously go. We'll we'll go on to talk about uh, Liverpool Arsenal. Uh, Harry unfortunately is not here today. Um, obviously, our season, our Arsenal representative, a season ticket holder uh, for Arsenal. He was at the game. He was at the game, uh, but he has you know personal things happening, um, so couldn't be on today. Uh, sadly, yeah. we would have celebrated this goal together so much. Ah, oh, gutted. Anyway, carry on. You're. Yeah, so um, we need inject. We like, possibly need a centre back that would an experienced centre back to replace Thiago Silva. So someone, if if we could buy Thiago Silva again whenever we bought him initially, that's the sort of signing you'd want again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think he he just looks a bit too slow now. He, I he think looks he very just tense. looks a bit too old. Uh, I said at the start of the season he should retire. <laughs> like he, it's done. He, he's whenever he's up against a winger and he's isolated, he's getting beat an awful lot, and then which is understandable. Too often. So I previously on this very episode, I, I kind of you said uh, you don't blame Pochettino, and I said spot on, which I, I like. The majority of the blame isn't, in my opinion, on Mauricio Pochettino because no, he, 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 he could he could definitely science. be doing he could definitely be doing more. Like we we aren't playing well, yeah. and he could maybe. There's talk that he moves to a back three, which I'm sort of dreading, but at the same time, I get, you know. Obviously, um, because there's there's very little protection in front of, so the in the double pivot that Chelsea play, Enzo Fernandez is the one in front of Thiago Silva, who's the less defensive of them. And then you have such an attacking fullback in Ben Chilwell, who's playing for very large parts of, like, last season and this season as a winger. Yeah, that's how attacking he is. Like, he ends up being a winger or something. Exactly. So you end up in, with Thiago Silva on an island. Um, actually, yeah. this SE next to him isn't having a great time. Whether it's him, whether it's about Yashio. Um, I, I think the Sassi's grown on me a little bit. I think he's a wee bit... I thought he was... He, he looked like a bad sign. But a, 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 he's really good in the ball, in fairness to him. Yeah. Um. I'm still thinking, like, could Tra- Trevor Chalabon do, do well? I wish Fofana hadn't gotten injured so badly. Mm. And now I'm like, but now with Fofana, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what Fofana we're going to get whenever we do get our hands on. 
Like, is he is he gonna be good? Is, I because he was incredible for Leicester, and then he's he's just been so unlucky with injuries. Yeah, he's had two like very big injuries that you don't need two season-ending injuries. He's been exactly. he's been out for two seasons pretty much. Yeah, so it's um, gonna take if he gets anywhere near the level he was at Leicester, it's gonna take an awful long time. Yeah. So, but yeah. So yeah, Chelsea. We basically need to buy a spine. You need buy experience, buy quality, and that's the most expensive and um and um what's the word like? You know, you don't you're not getting bang for your buck with those sort of signings. There's no, you're just buying the the ready made player. Uh, so you, you know, there's no savings to be made. Like yeah. Brentford are, are going to be asking for whatever it is for Ivan Tony if you wanted him. Osman's the only other one being talked about. Um. And yeah, it, it, the squad's just been so badly built. I, I again, I think a lot of the signings they make sense, mm-hmm. but it's just all of them together is the issue. Um, and yeah. in such a short of... space of time, yeah. Mudrick, yeah. Mudrick, I think is a bad signing. I warned you. I can't see it. From... Way back. I said at the time as well. I did. I didn't. I didn't want us to sign him. Whenever Arsenal were linked with him, I was telling my mate at the time. I don't think. I don't think you should be signing him. It's stupid money. because at the time you had the option of like you could spend similar money on a player like Rafael Leal or the Georgian fella from Napoli that I can never remember how to say his name. Mm-hmm. Like if you waited to the summer. Those were the other two signings in that sort of price range. You know, you might you might have to spend more to get those players, but they were they're real quality. Whereas, you know, Mudrik, twenty odd appearances in Ukraine, and Nathan Collins kept them very quiet when they played Ireland. Yeah, and, I do remember you telling me that at the time. That's the, that's the one thing I stuck out in my mind whenever he's been getting into Chelsea. I was like, because he went into that, I went into that watching that game against Ireland. And um, I, remember, I remember thinking, oh, Mudrick's a name, you know, he, he's a name that I recognise from the Champions League. He's, there's a little, little bit of hype around him. We'll have to watch him up against Ireland. And Nathan, I was really happy with Nathan Collins that day. I was like, oh, this good, good game, Nathan. Um, but yeah, so it's back to square one near enough for Chelsea. Yeah. I, I, at the same, I don't feel like Potts should be sacked. But the other, t- the other way of thinking about it is, it's also the, it's another way of injecting something from outside the club. It's it's a way of kicking everybody, or you know, kicking stuff into gear is 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 a managerial change, freshen things up. It's it's the oldest trick in the book to do that sort of thing. Yeah, and you manage bounce and stuff. So it might be the cheapest way option we have. If you're looking at, do we sign? Do we spend another hundred million? We probably can't afford that on the player on the positions I just listed. Uh, or um, do you do you spend ten million, uh, maybe twenty million in total, or whatever it is going to be between sack and uh, staff and hiring new staff? Um, you know that's the cheap 
cheaper option. Is the cheapest and... option actually losing 10 points and just scraping survival in the Premier League? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Although I wouldn't risk it. I don't, I don't, think, I don't <laughs> think we could, we could actually risk that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's honestly just doesn't really... Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely dire. Um, and the worst bit is that I don't... There's, because it's all youngsters and potential, there's no sign of things turning around anytime soon. Um, and then there's there's a lot of talk. There's now rumors starting to come out that Enzo Fernandez wants to go. Um, like who wouldn't want to go? Realistically, from the from like I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Romeo Lavia is like I'm sick of this. I need to leave. I don't know why we signed him. I don't know why he signed him either. I don't know why he picked you. No, nobody knows anything. I kind of like when I when I like I kind of get it for squad depth, but like it, it, there's so many players that you're just like Ugu uh, Chukwu. Um, yeah, you know he he he's, all these players seem okay within the context of like a well-oiled machine of a squad, like. Like, I'm sure if, if all of them were put up for sale, the majority of them would be going to other top six clubs um, as, like, mm. um, good squad players with potential, or they'd be going into, like, top starting for top half teams. Um, yeah, that's more I know, but I think a lot of them would be... Like, well, you were literally lo looking to buy Lavia, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, Mudrick, I don't know. I don't know why Mudrick would end up. I don't, I have no idea where. Like, Saudi Arabia. He wouldn't get. He, he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't get in ahead of um, Hudson Odoi at Nottingham Forest. So like that's how far down the the um, the league we're looking here. Look, the future is a big, big unknown. Um, in terms of how many of those can be a success at Chelsea and have like really good careers is is to be seen it is to be seen in my uh, personal opinion it is not worth changing from Maurice Pochettino now what is worth doing is just dumping this season and starting a process now of planning the next three years Feels about the third season that we've done them. But you but they haven't though. Yeah. Like the problem is that they haven't. They just kept buying random players. Yeah. Um But the so but it, I, but the, the issue now is that all the fans what what you're you're saying to the fans is guys, we just have to be patient again. Trust the process. Uh, and it's the third year and I'm I'm totally on board with you Ali but I just don't think it's a realistic option for I, the Chelsea board totally to, 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 to do yeah. um, having spent in, everything in, they, they need immediate success they don't even yeah. want immediate success well, that's the thing we didn't we haven't bought, sorry, we haven't gone for immediate success at all that's the most stupid thing about about the signings that we've made like we, oh yeah, we, the signings don't gear towards no, 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 being no, no. success, but the amount of money spent 
has to result yeah. in success. Like it has but to result fairness, in trophies. The, the two big signings you'd ex- you in Casado and Enzo, you'd expect those two to come in and be, although they're young, to be good enough to be able to hit the ground running. That's why they cost that amount because they should be good enough to to just be be great from the from the get go. Final question on this: If Chelsea win Carabao Cup later this month against Liverpool, does mm-hmm. the plot change? Do you do Chelsea fans everything. view this as sort of a success now? Massively so. I think so. I think we're at the point where um, to beat Liverpool and win a trophy, I think that could change the whole atmosphere. Because hmm. um, I do think a lot of it is just a negativity and a poor atmosphere. Like, I I can't imagine the players are looking forward to playing at the weekend. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I, there must be an awful lot of dread and anxiety playing for Chelsea at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's been happening ever since um, Bodie took over. You could go back a little bit further than that, potentially. We've never been too far away from this feeling for probably since we last won the league. You know, it, we, we, um, including the Champions League, that's almost like an anomaly. That was a good six months. Yeah. And then everything apart from that has been, has been like, you know, we, we, we get in top four, which we would, you know, bite your hand off for now. Mm-hmm. But... So to, to go back to your point, yeah, uh, uh, to win some silverware for this young team, I think the fact that the, the team that it is, it would it'd be a great springboard for this young team to, to get some confidence and, and go on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mourinho always used to talk about the Carabao Cup as the, the first trophy, the first taste of winning um, in a... In a, in a, in a in a bigger view of, of winning lots of trophies in the future, the Carabao Cup's a great one to win first. Yeah. Right. Speaking of Chelsea's opponents in the Carabao Cup final, Liverpool, we did lose at the weekend to Arsenal. Three goals to one. Now, I spoke about this game in, in a uh, Twitter space at JLAFC. Um, and some of the narratives that are coming out of this game are winding me up a bit, Frigo. And I just wanted to address them. Well, like Van Dyke's done. Like Van Dyke's done, like Allison it, like chokes in, in title runs and Gravenberg hasn't it, it has, has been a flop. Those three in particular. Can I, can I just say on Van Dyke? Is, yeah. Was he just really is he just really cocky or something? No, he is a com- he is confident. And he takes risks, and sometimes those risks don't pay off. But most, the vast majority of the time, they do. But there but is... The, well, whenever whenever I say... But he... he the, the defender he done, it wasn't like he was taking a risk. But the risk was, I won't run as hard as I should do. No, the risk I was leaving asked. the ball. He, he admitted himself, post-game, 
which if he is an arrogant player, he wouldn't do. But he admitted after the game that I, I blamed Allison and then heard Van Dyke and was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. You've admitted that now. At, in the second goal, he let it bounce. And that's the, that's the, that's the risk because he, he risked um, or like he took a chance on Allison coming out and getting to the ball so he can get some distance on the clearance. But the fact that he let it bounce, Allison came in late. Martin I'm Ellie talking about the last nudge. goal. The last goal is also a mistake um, because I think it's indecision. He just from doesn't run. No, he he does. I think and he, did, he, he he didn't he, run for the first one either. Look, 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 look. Okay, Van Dijk had a terrible game, but is that because he's arrogant? No, it's not. And I, it's because I he made it's mistakes. He it's it's something that happens. To I don't think it was a mistake. A mistake is like a, a decision. It came across like really lazy or like, like it, it, his decision was not to sprint or he didn't sense the danger in, in really obvious moments. No. And just didn't, so didn't go full, goal, full tilt. You are, you are waffling. The, in the third goal, he gets caught up on whether he's going to go for the near post which is why he sticks his leg out in the final moment and then the ball hits his toe, or whether he's going to cross it, which he was trying to, cro- to cross the, or, or like bro- block the lane for Trossard to cross. So what ends up happening is he sticks there. his leg out. I, he's looking at, Tro- he's defending against Trossard. But he he, he could have, if he, I watched the bat before we came on. He doesn't go, he doesn't go, f- Full sprint at any point. Because he doesn't need to. If he's he's blocking the lane for the cross, he, 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 he didn't. They just scored. Well, they scored he, because Van Dyke made a mistake. If, if, like, if, if he had a sprint, uh, wasn't close against near post near, uh, well, well enough. That ball should. But he wouldn't have need. He wouldn't have needed. Allison wouldn't have needed to have been used if Van Dyke had just tried a bit harder. Well, if he watch tried- it back. Well, I, I employ anybody to watch back. Watch Van Dyke in the third goal. He doesn't sprint until very late on. He jogs back, and and Trossard is there just bearing down on goal at a tight angle. I give you that. But it's like Van Dyke's just like I'll just I'll just dawdle back here and let Allison deal with it. And maybe that maybe it works for most of the time. But I thought, whenever I watched it back, I was like, Van Dijk really isn't going full tilt. And if he just goes full tilt, it's a double man on Trossard. They're not getting past the two of them. Or he's not getting past the two of them. And it cuts out any pass that Trossard would make. Trossard, in fact, would probably have to double back um, if he had it, if he got Because he got close to him in the end. But he just wasn't... He didn't sprint. So if he had a sprinter from the get-go... I think it, it, the chances happen, and then in the first goal, not that it was his, not that it, I don't know if he would have made it any difference. But again, he didn't sprint back. I feel like if he had have sprinted back in defence, I I watched this back in hindsight after noticing the third goal. I went back and watched the other ones and see what he'd done. Mm. The first goal as well, he did he, same sort of j- half jog trying to cover for the person at the back post. I feel like if he had got back sooner, Liverpool may have been able to shuffle across and, and, and get out to the the right wing, which is where the, the, the goal came from. I think you're being incredibly harsh. 
I think you're being. I don't. I, 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 for the Given standard the that, that Van Dyke is already healthy, like we. I don't think it's harsh. Acknowledging the fact that Van Dyke had a poor game and made mistakes for all three goals, but you're pinning it down to laziness, which is waffle. Sorry, it's not right. Watch it back. Watch it back now and tell me when he sprints. Watch it. It, it doesn't I'm, have to sprint to show I'm, he's working hard. Given... It doesn't have to keep going like sprinting all the time. If he sprints into the Trossard goal, maybe Trossard like chops it on his right foot and Van Dijk is totally sold. He doesn't go full speed so he can catch up. Who's, who's waffling now? You're talking about uh, ifs and buts. I'm talking about what happened, Ali. I've given you an well, example I'm, I'm of exactly what happened. I told you why that happened. I'm talk- I'm, I told you already why. He doesn't sprint and, like, I'm doing air quotes here. And you're responding to that point. And then I'm saying, well, if he had sprinted, it, what would have happened? If he had sprinted, it, he cuts it out. It's a two on one. And, and no. it's, it's, it. In the third goal, if he sprints, Trossard chops it back to his right foot, and Virgil van Dijk is totally sold. And that's something that has happened before to Virgil van Dijk. Hang on, if, if, he cuts by, if, if Trossard cuts by, the, whoever was, was chasing after him would get, would get him. And then that gives it that someone, like Konate, for example, goes and tackles Trossard, which gives some space in the penalty area for someone, unto, some, someone else to make a run. There's no one up there with him. Well, they would have caught up, Virgil. Good Lord. Then, but then Liverpool would have caught, got back. You're, you're chatting. Uh, I like it. I'm offended you ch- saying I'm chatting. You're talking about ifs and buts. I'm saying what I'm saying is way more simple. If he sprints, because he, he gets close to him. If he sp- had started sprinting from the get go, he get he cuts out the, the shot. I, he, he doubles at the very least, Ali. He they double up on Trossard. It's a lot harder for Trossard to score at a tight angle. Instead, they basically let Trossard have a free shot, and I think a, a large part of it is uh, is Van Dijk didn't sprint back. I I he, did, he didn't I, sense the danger. I don't know how he didn't sense the danger. He see it, it looks in, in in both situations. It looked like he gave up on this on the situation very early. He was like. Well, this looks like a dangerous chance. I'm not going to be able to affect this that much. And he just sort of half job. Bullshit! That, oh my gosh! I'm surprised as well, Ali. I thought Van Dyke was better than that, but that's how it came across to me. Then you're being unrealistic. That's just, that is just, you're making assumptions. I am, I am. I'm, that that bit is, is a bit of waffle, I'll give you that. But he still should have sprinted. I just don't understand why Van Dijk doesn't sprint. A, a great did, defender. Again, the last thing I said this, he did need to sprint. He he positioned he himself. Did. No. The fact that a goal happens that he could have got us blocked means he could, he should have sprinted. Oh my days. I don't know. Watch it back again. Does he need I've to? watched it back two or three times. You need to watch it back. You haven't watched it back since I raised this point. I'm recording the episode. Anyway. Okay, that seems like something we'll not agree on. Um, no. Wow, we've went on about this for like five minutes. Right, short king of the week. Before we started recording, you said you already had your short king of the week. Um, mine yeah. could be Neil Mopé, given he's scored a goal against Man City. It is still 1-0 as we speak. Going into halftime's the 46th minute right now. Um, But I don't have... Anyone that immediately jumps to mind. 
Unless you say someone that I'm like, oh, wow, how did I think of this? The two that spring to my mind are Gary O'Neill, of course. Yes. Um, and another Wolves man, uh, Pedro Neto. I thought Pedro Neto was very good okay. against Chelsea. Um, so I'd probably say, because Gary, you know, he, we everybody knows he's the, he's the OG or the GO. Um, um, and... Very good. Um, Thank you, and but so I think I'll go Pedro now over Gary this time. Yeah, given it to Gary, it would be unfair at this point. Like we know he is the king of of short kings. He's, he's the top short king. He's yeah, you know, unless some of these guys um, reach new heights, so to speak. Yeah, Gary Neal's, uh the bookie's favorite to to get short king of the season. I think I um, I actually wouldn't disagree at all. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, Pedro Neto wins short king of the week. Who got it last year? Was it Ward Price? It was James Ward Price. That's one of my biggest regrets from from the podcast altogether. Oh, Man City have scored. It's one one. My short my short king of the week isn't not by anymore. Was there anybody short? It was Phil Foden. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah, he's he's. This, well, it's good to see won. two short people score. He might have won Short King of the Week before at some point, but Pedro Neto, it is this time. Subscribe to Just Another Football Podcast, guys, because this coming weekend, there is so much happening, and we will hopefully be um, all being well, reacting to it all. There is the AFCON final. There is the Asia Cup final. There is Leverkusen Bayern Munich. There is. Well, we haven't. We didn't catch Nash- Alonso, didn't we? This episode. It's just a. It's it's a shame. There's um, the National Football League final as well. Uh, the uh, National Football League final, also known as the Super Bowl. Um, we will not be reacting to that particular game. Hey, I, 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 I might, I might be watching it. We'll see. I, I will be watching it too. I'll be watching it with my dad. Actually, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, what's your prediction for the, for the? Oh. Yeah, Super Bowl final. Kelsey FC. The Kansas City, yeah. City Chiefs will win it yet again. Go Swifties. That's what I say. Uh, sure. I don't oppose that. Um, but so yeah, there's there's so much happening. Real Madrid, Girona. It's happening. Real Madrid, Girona, and Bayern Munich, Leverkusen are playing at the same time on the same day. It's, it's incredible. Saturday, you're like ring on Saturday. It's gonna be so much fun. Um. And there we are. What, what, what stage is Afcon at? Is it semi-finals? It is the semi-final at the moment. Yeah. So um, who's who? Who do you think is going to be in the final? My finalists are. We'll just go Nigeria, Ivory Coast, and Ivory Coast to win it. Ivory Coast. You think? Yeah. In fairness, if I was going to beat, it's difficult. If I was going to beat two animals, eagle versus elephants. Hmm. Like, if, if if the eagle wasn't allowed to fly above a certain height, I'd definitely give it to the elephant. You know, okay. but then then if 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 there's no height limit, if the eagle could fly as high as he wanted, then I think over time maybe the the eagle might be able to like slowly but surely pluck away at him or like strike. It, it might be years of a battle. You know, yeah, but um. So, I think I'll go for Ivory Coast as well. Home, home nation, 
and um, uh, you know, it's the Ireland flag backwards. So that's good enough for me. Brilliant piece of football analysis to end the show, Fergal. As you, as always, you do. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the show. I uh, I promise it has been recorded this time. It's recorded. It's quite great. Okay. Yeah, uh, I I do promise that. Um, yeah, fantastic. We'll see you next week when all of that football has happened. Asia Cup champion will have been decided. Afcon champion will have been decided. The title race will have taken a brand new shape in Spain and in Germany and possibly in England. And we'll see you when all of that happens. Cheers.